Live from Sadler Studios, new poster in the background. You know, we're keeping it real musical. It's Stay Busy with the boy, Armand Sadler. to another edition of Stay Busy with Armand Sadler, where we have responsible discussions on the music business and the music culture. Thank you to everyone who's been tuning in with us for Stay Busy Women's History Month. Uh, this week, we want to do something a little different. Rather than just bringing in someone and having a conversation with them, we both wanted to talk about the roles that women have played in our lives and how we can be better to women in the music industry and just things that we've noticed. So looking forward to this conversation. It's the boy Armand, vegan chorizo poppy, multiple miles Monday poppy, your favorite Uber driver's favorite Uber driver, not for too much longer, uh, more coming on that later. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, but uh, we feeling good. We charged up. It's been a, it's been a good month. Um, so can't complain. God is good. How are you feeling? It's been indeed a good month. A great month, indeed. Uh, I'm doing well, y'all. My name is Nick Early. If you're first time listening, I executive producer and co-host Stay Busy with Armand Sadler. Very happy to be here, of course, always feeling grateful every every time we get to do this and get together. So I, uh, I've, I've been filled with inspiration, filled with gems, filled with new perspectives this month. You know, speaking to a lot of the ladies that we speak spoken to, um, just regarding just the different things that they do in the industry and just who they are as people and kind of understanding their journey. It's been really, I think, powerful for me to understand. And, you know, as a man, too, like kind of realizing some things that I uh, need to fix and things that I need to uh, possibly change my perspective on or the way I was thinking it may I had good intentions, but it may not, you know, kind of come across that way. So. And this is just kind of like in my personal life that I've kind of realized <laughs> my own reflection. But yeah. I, I'm, I'm very, very thankful for this for this month. Every time it comes, I'm, I'm happy for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we want to shout out all the listeners, all the YouTube subscribers. Thank you for the likes, the shares, the comments. If you haven't, do all that. Leave us a five-star review or a four-star. Leave an honest review on Apple Music, whatever you want to say. But those reviews and those star rankings do help us. Uh, gain more of an audience and eventually stay busy you're gonna be on the top charts so you, you will be you'll be playing a big part in that so thank you to everyone who has already and if you haven't here's a little encouragement um whether you like moderna or johnson and johnson scotty pippen or dennis rodman dishwashers or hand washing and say goodbye or popping now, I'm not vaccinated yet. I, I, I am working on that. Um, there's been a lot of slander toward the Johnson & Johnson one. I, I know there's Moderna. I know there's Pfizer. Um, so I've, I've definitely been keeping my eye out, trying to do proper research. Um, but yeah, so I, I can't really give a preference on which vac- vaccine I, I, I like yet. Um, but, but I think I'm going to be leaning more towards the Moderna and Pfizer. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I think it's just a blessing that this vaccine is, is available to us. Um, so, I mean, whatever vaccine you use, just make sure you get vaccinated because we're going to be outside this summer. 
um scotty pippen or dennis rodman i I really admire both scotty you know being such a defensive um powerhouse and then also contributing offensively dennis rodman kind of playing his role as a rebounder as as the the voice on the court as the person you don't want to mess around with so i don't know i don't know if i have a preference between either i feel like i I can play both of those roles at certain times um it's all about being versatile uh hand washing dishes gets very frustrating i remember when we lived in the treehouse it was such a blessing to have a dishwasher um, but so sometimes, you know, uh, the, the hand washing is, is therapeutic. It, it, it's a process. Um, and you can get those little things that the dishwasher might not get. Um, and then say goodbye or popping. <sighs> I think I'll go say goodbye for me personally. These are for, 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 for those who aren't aware, these are both Chris Brown records. Um, the Chris Brown usher just did a debate came up again this week. We're not touching on that. Cause I think we've said all that there needs to say about it, but between those two records, I would probably go say goodbye. How, how about you? So yeah, Moderna, Johnson Johnson. I, <laughs> I don't know about the vaccine. I don't have it, so I have no feelings on it. I've heard, for odd enough, oddly enough, because you know Johnson Johnson is a, it's supposed to be a one shot joint, one dose. <clears throat> so there's no like follow up. And I know a few people got it. The one dude that, that I know that got it, he was cooked the night of, like full body fetal position shakes, the free, you know freezing chills, just. But then the next morning he said it was fine. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he had Johnson and Johnson. Sorry, Johnson and Johnson. I don't think that's hurting <laughs> your case. But anyways, Scotty or Dennis? I'm gonna go with Scotty Pippen because Scotty Pippen, they could have won without Dennis Rodman. They there's no way they would have won without Scotty. Like this Scotty's the best number two man in the history of, of the game to me. If you think about it. And he was so under like undervalued underpaid all that you know what i'm saying like it's he was six nine could go to the basket could could shoot pull up rebound he did everything but anyways let's not get too much <laughs> dishwashers period i'm not watching <laughs> dishwashers hand wash certain things you gotta hand wash and i get that so like that's whatever but it is what it is like pots and pans i'm gonna hand wash it and say goodbye for sure mm-hmm. Man, that that joint hit differently at ten, yeah. ten and eleven. What? Yeah, ooh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And, You know, I I, I do want to say actually, I know I said we weren't going to get into this, but you know, when when we put out the, the 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 videos, you know, discussing the Usher Chris Brown thing, um, I think in the midst of me getting caught up in the moment, I said Chris Brown's hits are forgettable, um, and I just want to clarify, like we were more so just saying usher is at a different level like obviously chris brown's early work his first album his debut album um the album exclusive fame um things like that have hits that have lasted the test of time beyond that is kind of where it's just like oh yeah he did do that he did do that so like i'm i don't want it to come off as if like i'm saying all of chris brown's hits are forgettable because run it is not forgettable say goodbye is not forgettable yo is not forgettable forever is not forgettable but if you look at things post that it's like well hmm. so just want to clarify on that, but that is the last <laughs> that we will say on Stay Busy yeah. regarding Usher versus Chris Brown. Um, because it's uh, yeah, one, it's likely not happening, and you know, it's, it's funny too, like, uh, because Timberland and Swizz went on the Breakfast Club, and Timberland says he feels Chris Brown would win, and that just started a whole debate on, said, on Twitter about that? it. Timberland said that Timberland said he thinks Chris Brown would win. And while mm. while the conversation has been annoying for us, I, I, I think it is like low key genius marketing because like they know every time they say something about it, the timeline is going to go stupid about it. And 
I feel like they want Usher to get to the point where he's just going to be like, yo, let me just silence this debate once and for all. Let me battle this dude and let me just watch him so people stop talking about it because people are really speaking ill on Usher's name. I still don't think he's going to do it, but I, I kind of see what, 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 like the, the, the whole jig is up. Like the, the jig is up. Like I, 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 I see what they're doing. They're talking about it. They're getting people yeah. talking about it. Like I, I don't like if Timbaland actually feels that way, okay man but no it's it's it's, it's it's not happening i don't think he actually feels that way i think like you said they're trying to push their product mm-hmm. and so yeah that's just like my gut feeling is telling me that but yeah we we will see hopefully it never happens <laughs> i don't want it to happen because it's, it's like don't bait my man usher into that you know yeah. what i'm saying he don't need to what do you got to prove to anybody you know what i'm saying he walked so chris could run stop that Mm. Just so Chris could run it. (laughs) (laughs) Here you go. Here you go. But yeah, I mean that's 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 the whole thing. So you know, it is what it is. I'd rather see Usher go if Usher were to do it. I'd rather see him go against one of his contemporaries, someone else. Um, Maybe like you know, like a Mariah or like a I don't know, someone else of that the that era. Yeah, um, that was a powerhouse. For sure, for sure. Got to give love to uh, Kieran, our VP of everything, the man that you cannot see but you can feel back on this podcast, my dog. Uh, Kieran, make sure you put some applause in for, for yourself um, after we said that. Very important. You deserve the applause. Screams loud crowd all that got to shout out anchor our distribution platform if you do not know anchor will distribute your podcast for free to all streaming platforms and you can get some sponsored ads regardless of your listenership and zoom of course and now we got to see our beautiful black melanated hydrated faces throughout this entirety of season two um but yeah we got we got some things to chat about so let's jump right into it uh J- justin bieber did this Keep last week <laughs> this last week for him much like we discussed last week in our very responsible critique of everything that's going on, uh, he, he's been getting slandered quite a bit for the inclusion of Martin Luther King on, on his album and it, not nec- <laughs> and it not necessarily relating to the rest of the music. And so, you know, at midnight on, you know, Thursday midnight, when, when I checked new music that came out and I saw he released a deluxe, I was like, oh, wow, interesting. He dropped a deluxe a week after. Then I saw the features on the deluxe baby, Lil Uzi Vert, Quavo, Jaden Smith, and Tori Kelly. So for me, this very much so felt like a, and, and you know, I'm, I'm not going to speculate. I'm not going to start any rumors, but just the way I interpreted it. I don't know if it was a plan for him t- to release a deluxe so soon after. It might have been. It might not have been. I feel like a, an artist of his stature wouldn't need to release a deluxe so soon. But the fact that it's so hip hop leaning and I, I, I haven't listened to the music yet. So this is all me speculating, me critiquing based on a track list. I usually hate when people do that, but I, I didn't have time to get to the music. But just seeing the names on the deluxe a week, a week after the album dropped and like the album's been getting like while it's getting a lot of slander, there are a lot of people who, who like it. And I'm, I'm sure it's streaming very, very well. I'm, oh, yeah, sure, it, I'm sure it's charting. But like for me, it was just like, wow, like so soon after all this slander and you're just like all right like people are complaining i'm not in my journals bag people are saying i'm pandering to black people let me just give you a bunch of hip-hop black features so it's like I, I i don't know if he thought this would smooth things over again i don't know if this was the original plan but i, I saw it and, and i laughed to be honest it, it, it was quite quite funny to me and i'm really interested in what a justin bieber the baby song justin bieber little uzi vert song would sound like he's worked with Quavo before a bunch of times 
Um, Jaden Smith, you know, kind of does a lot of different genres. So I'm, I'm sure, and, and he's worked with Jaden Smith before too. They had a track Jayden's in like 20, 2012. Jaden Smith's amazing. Um, so I'm, I am interested in hearing the music, but uh, it, it was just quite funny to me uh, to see this a week after he's been basically getting destroyed for trying to pander to us. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's interesting from, it's interesting on so many levels, but I think the, for, for me, what struck me immediately was like, forget my feelings aside about it. It was more so like, oh, this soon, like a deluxe this soon, like people barely got to the first joint. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know what type of technique they were thinking. I don't know what the strategy was behind that, but it was, it was something that I've never seen before so far as like a deluxe coming this early with, you know, how, that's a lot of new tracks too, considering the length of the, of the project as well already. Mm-hmm. So yeah, <laughs> we'll see here. We shall see. Uh, he also went on first ones with DJ Khaled. Shout out Khaled. Shout out Perfection, who we had on the show yeah, a couple months Perfection. ago, who does engineering for that podcast. And he revealed his top five rappers list, which is very different from his top five rappers list from 2015. So in 2015, his top five rappers were Nas, Mace, Notorious B.I.G., Eminem, and Tupac. In 2021, his top five rappers are Notorious B.I.G., Eminem, Lil Wayne, Drake, and Kanye West. Uh People are allowed to change their minds, so I'm not really, like, too moved by this. And I think as time has passed and as we've seen what Kanye West has become in his music and his overall stature, Lil Wayne, um, you know, I, I think people are coming to appreciate what they've given earlier on in their careers and recognizing how fortunate we were to live through Lil Wayne's run and Kanye West's, like, right. six-album run of classic albums. So. Um, you know, it, it was definitely cool to see Bieber give those nods, especially having Drake on his list, because a lot of people are very adverse to putting Drake on a top five rappers list because of, you know, the ghostwriting allegations or because do he does yeah. so many genres. But it's like what Drake has done in music is absolutely undeniable. Same with Eminem. You know, a lot of people feel they feel how they feel about Eminem. But if you look at one, his rap, his pure rapping ability, he's an incredible rapper. And you look at what he's done commercially hip hop even though he's white even though a lot of his fan base is white like to be a rapper and accomplishing that and to be well respected by the culture throughout most of his career up until more recently um you know th- this list definitely makes sense to me um it's interesting that Nas f- fell off his top five list uh especially him and Nas worked together in 2015 on purpose so so that might have been you know just a just kind of a more recency thing like oh yeah i just got a nas verse so 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 let me just put nas on my list i i don't know you know at the end of the day i'm sure bieber has a very expansive music taste but i just found it interesting to see that his list only had one person two people that were on his original list but again people's minds change so it is what it is um an old j cole feature surfaced um he, a collab with Lil duke and quavo called loyal now we know j cole announced back in 2019 that his last feature was on um, Family and Loyalty with Gangstar. But this is an older track. Duke previewed it back in 2019. Uh, J. Cole's on the hook. Sounded really good. I got a chance to check it out. Um, and I'm just really uh, ex- excited for new J. Cole music. You know, his, his singles he put out in, in 2020, the summer 2020, uh, The Climb Back and Lion King on Ice, they were really good. Didn't really pick up too much traction. They came very soon after the whole no-name thing. And I'm sure people are way over that by now. But uh, you know, this is a year that we're expecting a lot of big artists to drop. And J. Cole is one of those, especially as he's kind of been alluding to his retirement. So I'm very interested in hearing, you know, J. Cole's own stuff. Uh, I feel like we might get another single before his album. If I had to predict when it comes, I honestly couldn't do that because J. Cole moves on his own 
on his own calendar. Like he, he's not really an artist of routine. You can kind of predict and, and figure out what he's up to. So I'm definitely interested in hearing uh new, new J Cole when that comes. But um, while we're here, uh, Lil Duke is associated with young thug. Okay. Yeah. Talented. Talented. It is. It is. Too close yeah. to Dirk. Yeah. I wouldn't, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Now that we're here. Yeah, no, now that now that we're, we're kind of through the first quarter of, of music in 2021, we've gotten some some really good projects so far. So I just wanted to do a first quarter music check in, uh, you know, talk about what our favorite projects have been so far oh, and fine. projects that we're anticipating. Well, so, so, since you're going to look it up, I'll say mine first. Um, Jasmine okay. Sullivan Hotels was definitely well, a project that I really, really enjoyed. Um, it's it's something that's as far as my timeline goes and my timeline is something that I personally curate. So I'm not going to speak for the world, but it's something that I constantly see being talked about. Um, so that's, that's one project that I would put up there. I, I really like Pink Sweat's album. Uh, I think it was called Pink Paradise. Uh, the, Pink the, Planet. That was really, Pink, Planet, right? Pink Planet, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I think one of the songs is called Pink Paradise, but that, that was really good. I got a chance to run through that. Um, I, yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed that project. Um, but otherwise, it's kind of hard for me to remember any like super notable projects that have been out um so soon and maybe that's a me thing maybe that's the industry thing we know the first quarter can kind of be a bit uh it can kind of move slow and things pick up as as the right. weather gets nicer around around the spring so um but those are my favorites and projects that i'm anticipating i mean obviously i can't wait for certified lover boy from drake i'm looking forward to hearing some new stuff from tiara whack um, she hasn't dropped since 2018, uh, Whack World. So I'm looking forward to new stuff from her. Uh, a couple of f- future features dropped this weekend. He got he had a track with King Combs and a track with Moneybag Yo that were really good. And I think Futures 2020 was for me it was eh, it was eh. So I'm looking forward to seeing well, what he do- does next, well, what he brings uh, to to music, whether he takes things in a different direction or just makes up for what some people may call up a, a lackluster 2020, despite the commercial success, which is basically it goes hand in hand with future at this point. Whatever future puts out is going to do well numbers wise, but the impact wasn't necessarily there for 2020. Um, and then with the rumors of Kendrick doing a rock album, I'm just interested in hearing how that sounds um you know we saw Lil Wayne take his career in a different direction when he did Rebirth with the rock music and people didn't like that at all um but people also respond differently to new directions and new sounds early on and then things kind of age like I haven't revisited Rebirth so I don't know if I'm if I would like it now but you know I think I think with Kendrick you know with him trying new things and just being the artist that he is I'm interested in hearing it I I don't know if I'm gonna like it because I'm not the biggest rock fan I can appreciate rock music but I think a Kendrick right. spin on it might make it more appealing to me so we'll see but that's me how about you oh wow um the number one anticipated thing for me is the Silk Sonic that's my yeah. number one anticipated thing for this year but um favorite project so far the mac airs project i really enjoyed uh that's that's the dude he's uh he's always put out very consistent music he's his discography is like very solid like very solid discography i want some new victoria monet i believe brent is coming new brent is is due who else is due her is well overdue who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. We probably won't get no more Ty Dollar because he 
released that behemoth last year but um, it was a very good behemoth it was fantastic mm-hmm. i enjoyed it and let's see let's see let's see honestly there's some new stuff that i have got to so miguel we're going to talk about him in a second mm-hmm. but uh, and i'll save it for that but i want miguel's do yeah i we need that yeah <laughs> we need yeah. that sir we need that and so my i'm honestly like when i think about anticipated albums i'm most times checking for my favorites or like mm-hmm. people that i've gotten like hip to uh, another person i got hit to like recently that i'm really locked in with is tiana major nine um mm-hmm. i got hit to her about a year ago or so but um i i really love her music and i want another project <laughs> from her and there's probably a few more others that i'm not thinking of but yeah, it's more so when it when I'm when I'm thinking about like uh, when I think about like also Catronada probably you telling me new Catronada because Bubba is just so fire it's immaculate and it's yeah. really probably getting a resurgence right now so we'll probably get him towards the end of the year maybe another one but uh, yeah I just really be checking for my favorites when it comes to anticipations um, mm-hmm. but favorite ones so far yeah a few of those, the ones that I mentioned but we got a lot we got a lot to look forward to <clears throat> this year. Especially yeah. outside opens. Oh Lord. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes. Roaring twenty twenties. Oh Lord. <laughs> um, actually another favorite of probably both of ours, which we'll get into in our quick hits. Uh Jesus Pieces by Jesus Shuttlesworth just recently released. Um, that's something that Nick and I were privy to early on, you know. Jesus is a friend of the show, cousin of the show. Um, so we're you know, we're very closely tied and you know, we've been able to be in different studio sessions and hearing that. Um, and just kind of, you know, kind of, kind of helping, helping his direction, but a uh, g- very great project, strongly suggested to you all, like G is, he, he's, he's one of the best rappers I can say I personally know, um, you know, oh, he, yeah. he can rap on anything, Any he can rap beat. about anything, he, he gives you those fun, cool punchlines, and then he'll give you depth, he gives you personal stuff. Um, and then he also talks his shit. Like, it's just, you know, at the end of the day, like you want a rapper who can give you everything. Like, you know, there's a lot of one trick ponies out here and G is not a one trick pony. So I think, you know, yeah, check out Jesus pieces. You will not be disappointed. I know my co-host has writing credits and production credits on that. Please read them. I'm I'm about to listen right now. You heard Check it out. Yeah. Jesus pieces by Jesus Shuttlesworth. Jesus is spelled G E E S U S. Um, so check that out. And then Shuttlesworth, like he got game. Yeah, I got the references. And so, uh, so I produced on, I wrote on one, two, three of the tracks, three of the eight and produced on one of them. I co-produced a B. Shout out to Stats. Uh, but this is a project I was heavily involved with and heavily like, you know, listening to mixes and just producing on and just kind of around for the sessions for the, for the project. So it, it's something that I, I'm, I feel it felt like I released too, you know, in a way. And so yeah. I'm really, really excited for G and for the, the, the move that he's going and, and all of, all of his, his ceiling is limited. He has no ceiling and that's the, the, the great part about it. So we're saying it now, y'all, y'all have heard it here. Tap in with Jesus Shuttlesworth. We just, he just released Jesus pieces. Got some writing and production from your boy. I do not think you'll be disappointed by the project. Check it out, y'all. Absolutely. Uh, some other quick hits. Miguel, who we talked about a little bit before, uh, he put up three old EPs on streaming, Art Dealer Chick 1, 2, and 3. 
Um, Miguel is someone who, uh, and we've talked about him like a, a bit on this podcast. He's definitely one of my favorite R&B artists. Like when you think of someone who kind of captures the, the 2010s R&B, you think about the albums that he gave, um, classic songs that have withstood the test of time. Uh, you got Adorn, you got All I Want Is You, you got Simple Things, you got, sure it's thing. Sure, of, of course, that's sure thing, the, classic. Early Jones, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. that's early. But um, yeah, Miguel's just consistently found a way to create music that sticks with you, hits you where it needs to hit you. Um, well, one of Nick and I's favorite songs is track Too Much with Ro James, which is more recent, but it's just like, <laughs> if you want, if you want to hear just like ethereal R&B music that makes, makes the, the hair raise on your on your arm just makes you feel a certain why is siri wilding get out of here siri um just just stuff that makes you feel a certain thing that record but all of miguel stuff and you know his his tapping into rock type stuff his ability to do pop records like he's 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 incredible and i I think when those king of r&b's conversations came up miguel wasn't mentioned enough in my mind so and i think it's his like his formless his shapelessness in the sense of like where he can go I think he's not so heavily rooted anywhere. It's mm-hmm. because he's free to go here. He's free to do, you know, uh, a single album where it feels he has a heavy rock pop influence, but it's soulful delivery. And then he can go to the, you know, him and Cole. We got to talk about in, in the list of like R&B singers or singers, because I, I honestly feel like he's more soul to me. He feels more soul than yeah. he is R&B. I've For always sure. categorized him as soul. Because uh, it's his use of live instrumentation, just kind of the way he approaches it. I've always felt he's a soul artist to me. Uh, and so Miguel and Cole have to be mentioned in the list of singer rapper duos of our time, for us at least, for our time, yeah. who have made significantly great music together mm-hmm. consistently. Uh, I mean, we could just go down the line, but Miguel, I think for me, Miguel was an artist that was really integral to my like development as a young teenager trying to find myself and trying to figure out who do I want to sound like and what do I like? And dude, Kaleidoscope was the one. I mean, I remember my boy Eli, shout out to Eli who showed me sure thing. He's like, yo, shout out this guy, Miguel, like this song called sure thing. And I just remembered loving the writing on that song. Just, it was so clever. Like, you know, Wow! If you be the cash, I'll be the rubber band. If you be the match, I'm gonna be the fuse. Boom! Painter, baby, you could be the muse. I'm the reporter, baby, I could be the news. Cause you're the cigarette and I'm the smoker. We raise a bet and you're a joker, joke. Ah, oh. like I just thought it was like so cool that he was kind of having that flow, but also like singing when the hook came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the the ad libs, he was really singing. I always felt like mm-hmm. someone like him. I, I, I. I found a connection to him. And then as I've grown up and learned more about him, I feel like a lot of Afro Latinos feel seen by through Miguel, like mm-hmm. in music because he's, he's mixed race himself. Yeah. And so um, I know, I know a lot of people who, who feel that because of him. And so he, he's, he's great. I think because he's formless and shapeless and he comes from different places, he can kind of, you know, the man be singing in Spanish too. We don't even got, you know, Miguel, you're the one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and I love what you said about soul, especially on the back of what we talked about with Norell last week about how R&B is missing soul. Because, you know, now if you look at Apple Music, it's R&B slash soul. Like that's that's one genre. But I think the two, not that they're separate, but like 
soul can manifest itself in various different forms beyond R&B. Like soul can be in rap, soul can be in jazz, soul can be in various different genres. And, you know, while like, I was trying to think like all R&B can be soul, but not all soul is R&B. I, I don't know if that's like a proper analogy. Like I, I definitely I, want you to tackle that. We've thought about this before and I've talked to someone about this. I felt like if you think about it, like I, I'm trying to remember what I said. I felt like, I don't know if I said that R&B, I think R&B, well, I think we should take R&B because just historically where it was like R&B came before. So blues was before that. So rhythm and blues was a thing before like we started recognizing soul music as a thing. And I think soul music got coined around the time of like, you know, political unrest and whatnot and civil yeah. unrest. So I would say that R&B is the umbrella, umbrella term mm. and that soul is a subset of R&B. And then soul has its kids under soul, neo soul, and you know the, the funk and all that stuff like that come from under R and B. So I would say that R and B right. is the umbrella term. I would love to hear an R and B historian tackle that. If you're a listener and you 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 feel different, please tell me. I would love yeah. to have that that conversation. But um, yeah, I I feel like yeah. <laughs> what was you trying to say? You're saying that not all. Like all R&B is soul to an extent, even if people feel like the soul might be missing, but soul music can manifest itself in other genres. So like soul, all soul isn't R&B, basically. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. all R&B is soul, but not all soul is Mm R&B. That's interesting, though. Because if it's the umbrella term, I, I see what you're saying by soul manifesting itself in other yeah. ways. And I think soul is like what Norell was saying, is speaking towards more so like a delivery and an approach to something. Yeah. Uh, because I think that that's, yeah, a lot of that is, is where we're missing today. And I think it goes back to mm-hmm. people under singing and not mm-hmm. respecting the craft because there's things you just need to be able to do to, to get that emotion across. And I mean, you don't got to be the best singer for that, but like, the emotion is the priority always. Yep. So, yeah. um, and that's something I get from Miguel's music. So that's, I've always categorized him as a soul artist. You hear that in mm-hmm. Pac. Pac is a soul artist to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like the way I think of soul, I guess, yeah, is, is I'm basing it off of how does it make me feel? Um, and aside from instrumentation and whatnot. Right. So, I, cause yeah, like, and the point you made about R&B being the umbrella, like, I think that's, I think that's something that's come to be over time. Like there's, there's this very general, perspective of r&b and like all the conversations these days like we've made r&b the, but maybe it shouldn't be the umbrella maybe soul should be the umbrella and then r&b be soul's kid that's perhaps. what i'm i'm thinking that's a it might make sense for that but i'm thinking like historically you know blues was first and right that. but yeah like i think soul is more transcendent than just a genre yeah so I would I would agree. Maybe soul is the umbrella term. Yeah, and I think it might have to do with the commercial commercialization of music. Because like I don't, as far as I know, there ain't any soul charts. There are R and B charts and R and B radio and rhythmic and all that. But I don't. I, I haven't seen any soul charts. If I'm wrong, definitely let me know. Um, I'm about to but, start jacking that. I'm soul. I'm a soul artist. <laughs> Y'all don't call me nothing else. I mean, you artist. are like <laughs> you, you are. I, I would I would completely agree with that. So. Yeah, just interesting discussion. But uh, some other quick hits. Rod Wave dropped an album, Soulfly. Uh, Young Dolph and Key Glock dropped another collab tape, Dumb and Dumber 2. We mentioned this before, Moneybag Yo and Future dropped a single, Hard for the Next. Hold on, Dumb and Dumber 2? Yeah, man. Are they good? 
I'd have never listened uh, to Dolph and King Dot. Dolph, Dolph's I've really good. Dolph's, I've heard some of Dolph's songs. Yeah, it's like him, the ones that pop. Yeah, Dol- Dolph's been doing it for a minute. Key Glock is more of a, a newer artist, but he's he's pretty talented too. So um, I don't know. Yeah, they're they're, they're both solid. Hey man, check it out. Try something new. You feel I, me? I, I, I'm with. It. I'm just saying, like, dang, I just don't know who people are. Right, Continue. right, right, right. Um, but Benny Blanco has become one of my favorite just music people in general over the last couple of years. He dropped Friends Keep Secrets too. Uh, the original Friends Keep Secrets is one of my favorite projects of 2018 that had tracks like East Side with Khalid. Um, it had hard uh, more slash Diamond Ring with Ty Dolla Sign and Black. Um, mm-hmm. I found you, which Miguel later dropped, uh, jumped on uh, yeah. like a, a later version of it. So I would definitely highly suggest checking that out. I saw Juice World is on that. Um, Housey, Housey's on East Side with Khalid, yeah. Um, but I think she got another feature on it too. But yeah, definitely check that out. Love Benny Blanco. And then Serpent with Feet, Deacon. I've been seeing a lot of discussion about Serpent with Feet. A lot of people really, really enjoy um, his work. So I'm definitely planning to check that out. Um, but yeah, that's our chat for the day. All this talking. We parched. parched. Well, what are we sipping on? You know, we still sipping on the same thing. We're going to keep it consistent this month because I've been actually using this lately and it's been helping me. Shout out to Mud Water. Mud Water, what's up with y'all? How you doing? Karen, you can get a nice little freeze of this. Nice. Wonderful. So Mud Water is a coffee alternative. Like I said before, I'm not really, I wasn't really a coffee person. I'll drink coffee, but I'm not like, it's the last thing I'm really going for. And so this one has actually a one seventh the caffeine of a cup of coffee and all the focus energy and it gives you some immunity without the jitters and the crash. So it's kind of nice. Um, funny enough, shout out uh, our Dean Aaron. I got him on it uh, and he's been loving it. He at first he was like, man, I don't know. And I was like, dude, it's it's the truth. Tell me. And then he texts me and he's like, yo, I'm sold on the mud water. So mud water. You see what I done for y'all? I done gave y'all a customer. So. It's, it's amazing. Uh, it has masala chai, black tea, ginger, cardamom, cloves, nutmeg, black pepper. That's the masala chai blend. And then it has cacao, lion's mane, cordyceps, chagareshi, cinnamon, turmeric, and Himalayan salt. All kinds of good stuff up in here. So uh, I've been enjoying this. I drink about two two cups a day, put in my smoothies, you know, after working out. It's fire. But our half and half is coming out of Billboard. And this is something I just wanted to take a moment instead of sort of speaking to our topic, just kind of highlight, I guess, um, something that's going on in, in the in the industry that I think needs to be needs to be a, sh- a spotlight to be shine on it because of just the great work that's being done. So this is meet the nonprofits feeding thousands of out of work touring staff. This is by Taylor Mims. Now I know because we've been in the pandemic for over a year now. I think a lot of people are sort of like, I guess some people have forgotten the immediacy of like the impact of what it meant, you know, to kind of be out of work when I, some people have returned to work in some sort of capacity. Some people still not, some people have changed industries altogether. Um, and so I just wanted to highlight these amazing people. This is highlighting Sandy Espinosa. Uh, shout out to Sandy Espinosa and a few others who've been here, uh, conscious Alliance, as well as, uh, the touring professionals relief kitchen is what they created so uh, as well the lead initiative so what happened is uh sandy espinoza the story goes that she had received a late night phone call from uh, one of uh, a worker one of her former uh, tour crew members uh, she's a production veteran herself and so uh he said that after losing all his work and livelihood amidst 
coronavirus, he was unable to feed his children and he feared that he had lose them in a custody battle with his ex-wife. And so she had a Sandy Espinosa, she ended up sending him a gift card to a local grocery store. And then she got another call for, you know, for the call for the next week. And so he was just like so grateful for her. So that I guess they gave her the idea to put together the Toy Professionals Relief Kitchen. Um, and so basically it's a partnership with uh, the restaurant industry and the nonprofit, the Lee Initiative. And so they launched in December of uh, 2020. They launched in four major music cities. So LA, New York, Chicago, and Nashville to, to provide 200 meal boxes a night for six weeks for touring professionals. So it includes, you know, bites from renowned chefs too. So it wasn't no grilled cheeses and, and hot dogs. <laughs> you know, Momofuku's David Chang got involved too. Um, so Congress had passed the Shuttered Venue Operators Grant, uh, which provided $15 billion to Shuttered Venues and independent promoters in December. But uh, Espinosa, she actually was quoted saying that she felt it was disrespectful that no legislation was passed to support the event workers themselves. And oftentimes that we see that happens. The industry or the institution gets honored or gets bailed out, but the people who feed and keep the institution alive get overlooked. And so that was, I think, was important for her to to speak on. And so I just wanted to acknowledge her work with the Touring Professionals Relief Kitchen, as well as a few others like Roadie Care. Um, they also help uh, to feed and employ event workers who are without the usual income. And 19 years, another one is the Conscious Alliance. They had, uh, they raise money for concerts and festivals to feed underserved communities. And I, I think, which has been great because they actually in 2020, when the pandemic hit, they provided 15,000 meals to music industry professionals. Um, of course, because their livelihoods have been just completely destroyed from the pandemic. And so it's they leverage food, the connection to the food industry to distribute surplus products across the country. So this is something that I've always thought should be. It just, I don't understand how people just throw away food when there's so many hungry people and just and like how, you know, grocery stores throw away food or certain places can't give it away. It's just interesting. But and that's a crazy thing. Um, and so I just wanted to shout out this. I think that it was. You know, powerful work being done by a woman and a bunch of important women who are making sure that you know people are getting through this time and it's creating more community and so i think that that needs to be had a light shine on it so i just wanted to shout out uh, sandy espinosa and the good people doing all the good work and it's more others than sandy espinosa that has been doing a lot of good work surrounding that so shout out to them yeah, that's awesome. Because I think, you know, it's easy for music fans to be like, damn, this pandemic, no shows, no, none of that, no festivals. But there's a, so many other people that are affected by that. The band can't perform and make money for themselves. The people who set up the stage and break the stage down, the people who book the people, like there's a lot of people who are affected by this. And so I think this is really, really awesome. So yeah. very great to highlight. Um, speaking of highlights, we're going to highlight our employee of the month one last time, the homegirl Injira Perkins. As you all know, Injira Perkins is a publicist, freelance writer, and senior writer for Afrotech. The Baltimore native and New York-based journalist lends her skillful pen to speak on topics that pertain to music, pop culture, tech, and business, with an emphasis on amplifying the stories of Black people. Her words have been featured in several publications, including OK Player, Shadow and Act, The Gumbo, Daily Rap Facts, and more. In addition to her other career endeavors, Injira also serves as the editor-in-chief of The Fourth Quarter, a Baltimore-based media outlet that strives to provide exposure for local artists and report on all things at the intersection of music, culture, sports, and more. This week, 
she interviewed Maxwell for OK Player. Maxwell, like fortunate oh Maxwell, goats. pretty wings oh Maxwell, like that, that Maxwell. So highly suggest y'all check that out. We'll make sure to link that for you all to read. But uh, and Jira's the homie. She's cooking up this year and she's uh, inspiring me to keep the pen going. So yeah, one more time. Shout out to Jira Perkins. All right, let us slide. What are we talking, Frank? The best song wasn't the single, but you weren't either. Wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the slide deck. As you know, the slide deck is committed to playing songs that you should hear, whether they're deep cuts from albums or new singles that might not be on the, you know, New Music Friday playlist or the A-list or all those big playlists that people check out to be hip to the newest music from bigger artists. Um, I'll I'll kick it off this week. Uh, This is uh, an artist I've enjoyed over the last few years um, from New Jersey. Uh, very close with uh, the homeboy Sule, who I've talked about a few times. This is Good Day by Koi Ray, produced by Omar Omi Beats Perez. boy meals tweeted the other day this is about r&b he said but he was like you know there's so much sad pain r&b like shout out to the r&b that you could play at a cookout and like people can actually dance to and, and it's upbeat and i completely agree with that um this kind of toes a line between r&b rap and a little bit of pop as well but really love the record really love the message something that i listen to anytime i need a boost today gonna be a good day i'm i'm gonna I'm a turn up because my rent paid i got work in the morning i don't want to really go but you know you still got to have that positive mindset and get to it so shout out coil shout out my guy john vince over at columbia who who works really closely with her she's blowing up major features a lot of people knowing about her and you know i, I take that personal because uh she from jersey so yeah shout out coil what you got for us so, I got a heater for y'all. I'm I just got hit to this artist uh, a few months ago, and she's been kind of popping up more on my timeline and whatnot. And she released some new music. I am a sucker, a sap for a woman that could play the bass. We're just woman musician in general. Um, and so, I love her. Her name is Adeline. She's a French Caribbean artist. She is, uh, I don't know where she's from, but we're going to find out. 
while the song is playing. This is Mystic Lover by Adeline, produced by Nightshade. talking about like please sing y'all you don't gotta sing on funk beats like groovy beats like that or a track like that you can sing on whatever you sing on just make me feel something oh i love that song and i love her she's from uh i believe she's from like martinique in uh in the caribbean but she she i think she was raised in paris and whatnot but she's just an amazing artist that's her on the bass Sounding just heavenly, absolutely heavenly. I love it. Yeah, yeah dope Brooklyn, record. I think. That's what's up. Shout out Brooklyn, love Brooklyn. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, as you know, the Stay Busy Slide Deck playlist is available on all platforms. Hit the link tree in our IG and Twitter bio to check it out. If you would like a slide added, let us know via. Stay busy pod at stay busy pod on IG and Twitter or email us at stay busy pod at gmail.com. Make sure you also join that mailing list. That said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to jump into our board meeting. Are you ready for the board meeting? Very cool. So this week we kind of just wanted to talk about women um, in various different ways, um, impactful women in our lives. Uh, people that women that people should keep an eye out for how we can be better to them and what we've learned and unlearned as we've navigated this space so I can speak for myself and it was it was crazy I was watching uh, Wrestlemania 22 uh, the other day which doesn't have anything to do with music but there was there was one comment on commentary 
where this dude, this woman is walking to the ring. She's a woman's champion, very well-respected, super talented. And he's like, man, I, I would give up celibacy for her. And it was like, women were always portrayed, women, you know, historically have been portrayed as just these figures that we kind of fetishize and look at. And like, even when they're doing incredible things in music, in politics, in whatever, we're always kind of talking about how attractive they are. And, you know, they're, they're so much more than that. And I think, you know, just growing up and engaging with more women and seeing women take ownership and seeing them really portrayed in a more positive light for things that they can do outside of good makeup and, you know, b- b- being cheeked up and all that. Like, it's something that I'm really thinking about and like tr- kind of trying to unlearn. Like women aren't objects, even if Megan the Stallion is gorgeous, even if Beyonce is gorgeous, like they have talents, they have feelings, they have things yeah. that they care about and, and they advocate for. So I think this is something, you know, important for men, not that we shouldn't appreciate their beauty. Obviously, if someone's beautiful, we'll let them know. But, you know, I think limiting it to that, kind of limits all of their capabilities and, and their range as, as human beings, because we're all human beings. We're all flawed human beings who care about things and want to do different things. So that's something that, that, that I've personally learned, you know, you, you don't, you don't meet every beautiful woman in the music industry and try to bag all of them. That's just not, it's not something you, you should do. That's something that can mess up your, your reputation that can make people not take you seriously. That can just close a lot of doors that might've otherwise been open for you, you know, um, and there are a lot of women who do things in the industry that I would love to do and aspire to do. And, you know, there's a certain way that they have to be approached and talked to and appreciated. So that's something that's been really big for me um, over the last few years of, as I've, you know, moved along and met more people and my network has expanded. And it's also kind of informed how I operate on social media as well. You know, I've tried to be a lot more responsible with my platform you know I, I do like to have fun like I'm, I'm you know I like well, when the Grammys are going on and I saw Dua Leap on stage I tweeted like yo she, she's fine respectfully like she, she's fine and, and, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that but it's just again looking at them for more than what they offer physically and, and attraction wise so that's kind of it's kind of my, my start here uh, how about you no I definitely think that all men can can recognize that and even men who are trying to be, I would say, allies to women in, in the sense of like, you know, making sure their representation and making sure um, that they feel supported in, in business and in work and whatever you're doing. Um, I think it's very important to, I think, which is interesting, you know, even for us, like one critique that we maybe have for this discussion of having is this is two guys having a conversation about women, you know, and that's even in a critique that we could, look at ourselves for yeah um, but i think it's important that you know we we listen a little more and yes. i think i've been um as a recovering toxic relationship person <laughs> i i've realized i've looked at a lot of things that i've done in the in a lens of like wow that was that was um that could be looked at as misogynistic or that could be looked at as, you know, manipulative and that could be looked at as gaslighting that could be looked at these sort of things. And while that was completely not my intention, that is what ha- happened. And so we have to right. accept those facts what they are as, as weird as that even, you know, sounds to associate yourself with doing certain things like that, you know, because that's not how you were raised. That's not how you were brought up. That's not how you meant for things to go. It can be the nature of, of what it was. And so, I think a lot of men too have this weird thing where they just they don't they don't know how to control themselves. <laughs> Let's just be honest. Like mm-hmm. I've seen a lot, like been out, you know, and in professional settings, and like been kind of 
in a way like I'm I'm not even thinking about you know I'm thinking about whatever you know conversation we're having and just like dang she's she's so this she's so that you see what she was wearing blah blah, blah. I was like dude relax like we, we're here to 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 meet and to network and to connect with people and do this and that and third and you so worried about what somebody looked like you gonna miss your opportunity you know by being off putting it and putting away I I read this this tweet a while back and it was talking about like you know men miss out on great friendships with women because they're always trying to touch them you know and i was that was something that was so interesting to me and i really reflected on this like i think about a lot of the 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 amazing women in my life from a friend standpoint from you know family standpoint uh specifically my friends because obviously your family you're not touching your family i hope <laughs> but the women and who are not my family like that i've had great relationship with that perspective is so undervalued like yeah men just don't we don't we don't think about things the right way sometimes <laughs> like we just yeah. don't think about it the right way and like our lens is so uh you know i recognize a lot of like male privilege and stuff like that like i've mm-hmm. had the conversations with with people at work and black women specifically and this is something where i realized that you know, they were speaking about a specific individual who was like, you know, had given them problems and both were kind of like agreeing that, like, yeah, that person. And I literally was like, dang, why? I was like, that person's never tried me. They're always cool. And both of them almost in unison is because you're a, a guy is what they said immediately. I was like, dang. Yeah. It's like, wow. I had to be reminded of that. Like, yeah, dude, that's a thing that you don't even realize. Like, people are less willing to try you as a man, especially if you carry yourself a certain way. Um, than they will who you try to tear down a confident woman or just tear mm-hmm. down a woman in general. And so yeah. I think it's, I think it's really important in conscience to, you know, as a man to recognize that, and you can, you can be the guy, you know, protecting women by speaking out on certain things like that. If somebody's making a comment, you know, uh, ill-advised comments in a, in a situation that does not need that, you know, you can speak up and, and say something, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I think it, in my own life, I've been really just kind of reflecting on a lot of yeah. my relationship with women, my uh, dealings with my friendships with women that I could do better in a lot of ways. And I, I'm, I'm not terrible as a person, but I know there's a lot of things that I look at things from a male lens that I need to be more conscientious of and be more reflective of. And so um, I just I, I'm so appreciative of all the women that I have around me in life that give me a lot of added clarity. So yeah. that's, that's, that's amazing for me. Yeah. I think something important growing up as men, you know, we always emphasize the learning, but we have to emphasize the unlearning as well. You know, we're raised for a real. certain way to, to be tough, to, to, you know, stand up for ourselves to not be sensitive, to not be emotional. And I talked about this on need to know, like all humans have emotions. Like you, you're not wrong for being emotional. It's how you express your emotions. And, you know, people associate being emotional and sensitive with being feminine. It's like, no, it's that's that's not the case. We really have to like break down this stigma of feelings being uh, uh, like just for women. Like you know, someone expressing themselves and you being like, "Yo, who hurt you? You sound like a girl." Like that's very demeaning to to women. And you know, I I I, I also want to address the whole thing of like pandering because there's a lot of men who see other men standing up for women, advocating for women. And they're like, "Oh, you're pandering. You you oh like." hope she sees this or like, oh, hope this gets you the box. It's like, yo, like you got to look at yourself and look at why you immediately associate 
someone standing up for women as them pandering or them trying to get boxed. Like, no, this is just the right thing to do. And you, like, there, pro there are a lot of men who probably do pander and who probably do do these things yeah. to get attention and, and, and to get women. And they may not have the most genuine intent, but, you know, I, I think just generally like, is it pandering if, if like you know with the whole stop asian hate thing like weeks ago like if 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 like you wouldn't call it pandering if someone's tweeting the hashtag stop asian hate like so why is it just in the case of women because their genetic makeup is different than ours and they have different body parts than us like we, we we really have to like change the way that we look at things and change the way we talk about these things and like you got to think about the women in your life as well like if if it was if it was for example, like my mom or like one of my female cousins who was doing what Chloe Bailey has been doing on social media, posting herself and being more open and confident in herself. And people were talking about them the way they talk about Chloe, that 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 would really bother me. So it's like, you know, I always try to like put myself or put people that I'm close to, women in particular, in those situations and think like, these things shouldn't these things shouldn't be said about anyone like like women aren't wrong for being confident in themselves and posting pictures of of their bodies and like how, how they want to be seen and all that so we we really have to kind of change change that that perspective as men and, and that's difficult because a lot of our circles do like kind of encourage that toxic behavior mm -hmm. encourage all the jokes and stuff but you know jokes aren't jokes if, if we never get serious like you know if, if you're constantly saying these things people might think this is how you really think because you're not ever standing up for anything that that, that really matters so yeah I, I i i really hope like a lot more men in the music industry and just in general kind of look within themselves and think about things they're saying and the things that they're putting out on social media because like yeah you could put that tweet out get ratioed and delete it but it, it could already be screenshotted and people already have that mindset about you based off of what you said and some things you can't erase so you know i find it interesting just to add to that i think a lot of men when i think about like the men that i've seen do crazy things a lot of men, I feel like, overly sexualize women in situations where it just it just is so inappropriate and so unnecessary. And there's really not a situation where it is. I think that's for like one-on-one -on -one situations where you can, you know, that's that's between two people. I think it shouldn't be, you know, in, in the sense of uh, a public forum for that. But right. in the cases where I have seen that, I think about those men, and all of those men, none of them had really really had friends. Like when I say like. Yeah, they, they maybe had like groups of people they hung around, but they hung around other men and they didn't hang around people that were like, I guess, different than them. And that, that's, I guess, that's a tall order to ask like people to hang around people that they're different from me and don't really have anything in common. But I think that it's very consistent when like, you know, birds of a feather, of a feather flock together. And I think it was some of the most toxic people I've ever met. They hang out around a lot of toxic people. And, and so I, I often wonder, and it's like a, is it the nature of the beast is like well where does it start and what is the you know what is the situation because then i think there, it's so nuanced because you can go from like you know protect women to then well like then you know, women could say you know well, why we we don't need protecting you know what i'm saying we're our own we can protect ourselves and so i don't think it's a you know damn if you do damn if you don't situation but i think it needs to start with women saying women what do you need from us right right I can do X, Y, and Z and the basics, right? And I think a lot of men want to be applauded for bare basics, which is I think, very odd. Like, I held the door for you. Oh, I did I did this, all this chivalrous, that chivalrous, this, you know, like, you know, acknowledge me for that. 
And that's so bare basic. And I think men need to delve deeper and more and listen more. And I think, yeah, it starts with women asking us. It's like when, you know, the government or society or folks, you know, ask, you know, do things for black people that we said, we didn't really need this. This is bare basic. Let's say, listen to black folks when we say we want this, we want that. You know, I, in the same way, we can apply it to, you know, to for as for men who are trying to advocate for women in whatever space, whatever environment, context, you listen, ask, you know, listen. Yeah. And then act from there and let women lead in the way when you're trying to advocate for them as a group. Yeah. And to kind of piggyback off the point you made about listening, be okay with them not wanting to tell you how to be better towards them. Like they've been telling us for a while, we just might not have been listening because we've been so focused on our lens and how, how we view the world or how we think they want to be treated or certain things. So like a, a lot of women are just tired of telling us. And I think if you look at the world and just a lot of the, the the imbalances and like the how things aren't equal like it's kind of clear what, what what we need to do women should be in the bigger positions women should be just heard in general women should be respected women artists shouldn't be immediately sexualized like you know with Megan Thee Stallion for example when, when she popped everyone was like oh like what would she be as popping if, if she wasn't you know sh shaking her ass and stuff and it's like well what why does that matter like well why does that take away from what she's trying to do as an artist she can clearly rap she's clearly very well likable and she stands up for very important things so why is it that we have to kind of try to minimize her capabilities based off of her showing off her body the, the way that she wants to so yeah I, I think I think we just whether we're asking them to tell us what they want or not like be okay with them not wanting to tell us and just really take a look within yourself and then just look at the world and look at the things that are wrong. And, you know, maybe it takes having conversations with your friends and, you know, I, I can speak personally as trying to be the responsible friend sometimes. Like I've been called the fun police or, you know, I've been this and that. And it's like, well, you know, if, if you feel like I'm impeding your fun by telling you, you shouldn't say that thing, then that's completely on you, you know, do what you want to do. But at the end of the day, like, I think just, my the, the way I've engaged with certain people and heard their complaints and seen how you know like like uh, gig, gig, uh there's this writer named Gary Suarez who tweeted the other day how when a woman puts out a music review and it's negative their mentions are gross like death threats people saying like they should get raped like a, a bunch of other stuff and it's absolutely insane but like if a man puts out a negative review like they might get, you know, some negativity on social media as well, but it usually doesn't go to the extent that women are talked to. And it's like, it's just so crazy how people take issue with women being having opinions. And, you know, I don't want to come off holier than thou because, you know, I, I was, you know, all, all men, you know, throughout college and, you know, kind of being in a frat and different things. Like there are certain things that are just kind of systemic, like, like you kind of just come into a certain Liberated, environment yeah. or, or an organization and like things are just kind of perpetuated. And then you look back and it's like, wow, we, we, we were wilding, like certain things that were said, yes. certain things that were enabled and encouraged is, is really, really crazy. And, you know, people have the right to change, like people grow, people change, people learn. Um, so like, you know, you, while certain things that people do might not be worthy of you know being forgiven or being overlooked like you know if, if you're looking within yourself and making that effort to change your mindset change your behaviors change the way you communicate that's that that's admirable and like and you should be proud of that and if people around you aren't you know doing the same thing like that's okay you know for find a circle that is 
um, engaging in the way that you would like to engage and thinking in the way that you would like to think. Like there's nothing wrong with removing yourself because you, you can't change everyone. Like everyone's not like, not everyone wants to be responsible. I think that's something we as a podcast recognize in talking about music and people that we've engaged with. Not everyone wants to be responsible when it comes to music and not everyone wants to be responsible with things in the world. Like everything's a joke, everything's uh everything's slander, everything's this and that. So, you know, the reality is like, not everyone's going to be on board with that. But, you know, as if, if, if you're a man who wants to be responsible, who wants to highlight women in a positive way, like do that without any fear, do that without any shame. Cause there's no shame in that. You, you you're doing the right thing. You, you're doing the good work. Wow. That's, I, I think that's, that's so perfectly said, man. It's just, you got to acknowledge that there's always more work to be done and that you're, you know, you, you have to take those L, not L's, but yeah, there could be an L sometimes. You have to take that on the chest and say, look, I'm wearing this, but I need to change. It's like, yeah. it's an unlearned behavior. So how are some of the ways that you, I guess you try to unlearn things? Um, having conversations with, with women, just talking to them and hearing of their experiences, whether it's interpersonal stuff with, with other men or just, you know, perceptions on social media, just listening. I saw this quote, uh, I read this article um, written by someone with regard to the stop Asian hate thing. And he had this one quote that was listen twice, speak once, if that. And I think that's so important. I think that's very lost in communication is the listening part. The listening part is the most important aspect of communication. If you don't hear what the other person is saying, you can't present an informed opinion that's you know, related to what they're saying. So listen, like literally just listen, like hear them out. Don't mansplain, don't talk over them. Like literally listen, try to put yourself in those shoes. Obviously you'll never be in a woman's shoes. Like me, I'm, 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 I'm never going to be cheeked up wearing a sundress. Like I'm, I'm never gonna, (laughs) like, I'm, I'm never going to have those experiences, but like, you know, at least try and, and be sympathetic and try to be uh, have some a- empathy towards the situations as well. So yeah. for me, it's really just started with listening. It's starting started with surveying social media, seeing what's been said by people and yeah. just being like, mm, that's not really something that I, I want to get jiggy with. So what what can I do differently? Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's what it is for me. I was once mid conversation critiqued for mansplaining something. And that was the first time I had ever heard that term. And this was at work. I didn't, my, my intention was so not that, but that's, that's a great example. I think of something that I've tried to unlearn or be very conscientious of is that if I'm explaining something or I'm saying something, it's like, would I say this the same way to a dude? Would, you know, and, and, and the crazy part is like, I think that it was so buried within our subconscious of just how we interact. Like that was the last last thing i was thinking of is because Mm -hmm. i'm I'm not of the mindset of thinking women are inferior mentally or anything like that because they're superior in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. uh to men especially when it comes to uh i think the way their minds work um and so that was something that where i had to like oh okay i mean i didn't mean it like that so tell me what does that really mean because that was the first time i had heard the term this was like three years ago it's first time i heard the term and she kind of explained to how the context of what I was saying could be taken as such. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course, started with an apology and then she corrected me and I, I, I moved forward with it. And now, like, I mean, even especially like on a podcast platform, I you know, think about Clubhouse where women are always getting spoken over and things like that. That bothers me because I'm just like, what y'all doing? Like, let her talk. Like, let her let finish. Her finish. <laughs> you know, things like that. You would not they would not interrupt the man the same way. Yeah. And so, like, I thought about, you know, us when we have 
you know, uh, women guests on the show. And I really try to make sure I'm conscious of, of not speaking over. And I I don't think I speak over people in general, but I, I'm like hyper conscious of that now just because it's not that you, it's like from fear of you being canceled. It's not that, but it's Mm -hmm. more so the standpoint of just, no, I want to try to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, I guess, one example of things, something that I've really tried to unlearn. Um, yeah. And that was really the only, you know, only time I was ever just like immediately called out for that. But mm-hmm. um, I think that was great. You know, I, I've learned from it because I had never been familiar with that, that that was even a thing. So, yeah, I've recognized it in other men. I've seen it. I'm like, wow, yeah. that's what it is. And so, um, yeah, it's 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 powerful to acknowledge your own mistakes and stuff. Yeah, you really you really need those moments because men are driven by ego, driven by pride, driven by feeling like we're the swaggiest, most intelligent, most knowing person in the room and standing strong in things. But it's not weak to submit yourself or submit your opinion to someone who might have more to say. We talked about it when Olivia was on the show. Women are the tastemakers in music. You're not going anywhere without without a fan base of women if your song goes off in the club and women aren't screaming to it it's probably not going to be played again if if women aren't twerking to your song on social media or making tiktoks to it 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 just doesn't move the way it does so the fact that women can kind of dictate so much in music and then if you listen to a lot of the content of music music that i enjoy i'm not going to act like i don't enjoy that toxic stuff sometimes but it's like the way they're portrayed and spoken about it's like you wouldn't think that these people need a a a, a fan base made up of women the way that they're talked about and yeah. and treated and all that so um yeah yeah and you know just to throw a highlight some women and we're, we're gonna be talking about our list of women's guests later but i just want to give a shout out to women like regina cho casey Orcut, yeah jane pachardo dominique patrick uh, alexis salky um and jira perkins of course um, and all, all the women that I've had positive interactions with uh, throughout the music industry and just throughout life in general, um, because, you know, we we need y'all. Like, like yeah. I, I tweeted a couple months ago, like, having women close friends, women best friends is so important. Like, beyond just learning how to, you know, shoot your shot properly, like, just, you know, <laughs> b- 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 like, right. being checked, like, ha- having your ego checked, having your pride checked, having those moments where they're like, nah, c- come here, like, let let, let me explain to you like how this should be said and how you're kind of wilding with the things that you say. Yeah. Those are very, very important moments. Um, and shout out my mom as well. You know, of course, of course, my mother, of course, all the women in, in, in my family who are responsible for, for my development and for me being here. Um, like, I, I, I think it starts there. Like we wouldn't be in, in this world without of women. So like, so respect is, is the minimum. It's the absolute base for, for what you should do. And then it goes and, without every, saying high key. Yeah. <laughs> honestly yeah so that's that um you know we we love women we had a very incredible stay busy women's history month part two thank you to uh all who have been listening all all of our women listeners like let us know what we could do better as a podcast as well like we we really want to hear from y'all we want to make a platform that is you know catering to you as much as it caters to uh ourselves and and the men who listen let's jump into this bulletin board we want to shout out some women-owned businesses we got 
the land of milk and honey apothecary by rachel pilgrim cornell alum shout out to her big yeah. Cornell love we here. um so rachel pilgrim is a journalist incredible journalist by the way her, her resume is pretty crazy um journalist and herbalist focused on mind body and soul wellness all of her products are handcrafted for individual customers so you'll get something customized for yourself using herbs and recipes rooted in african-american african-american holistic tradition and black american herbalism of course, we want to shout out Talawa Productions by Alexis Salki, our homegirl, um, creative director for our promo video. She's doing her thing. If y'all follow her on IG, you'll see the, these photo campaigns. She's working on music videos. She's doing the damn thing. And she's she's someone whose name people need to know because she's, she, she's really taken over. We want to shout out Aurelia Casey, aka Black Miss Frizzle. She's an ASL teacher, founder of Inner City Ranger, which provides urban students with an environmental education from an asset-based, not deficit-based perspective. She's also a sneakerhead. She was featured in one of Alexis's photo shoots as well. So check that out. And the Ebony Epicure. It's a New York City-based personal chef. Goes by the name of M- Melissa Vigilance. And she is the G- Godiva Gal Fieri on Instagram. Quite a name. I definitely want to check that out. So shout out to her. But like I said, we want to shout out all of our women guests who have appeared on the podcast in uh, season one, as well as season two. So we got Regina Cho. We got DJ Kitty Say Word. We got Imaris Reyes. We got Tori McHugh. Taylor Crumpton, Marie Driven, Aaliyah Simone, Perfection, Janae Brown, and then our guests for uh, Stay Busy Women's History Month Part 2, Swaggy C, Olivia Shalhope, Megan Taylor Jordan, and of course, Norrell. Thank you all. Shout out to what y'all are doing in your respective industries, doing the thing, setting the pace, and inspiring us very much. Uh, we also have to announce with this uh, with this episode um season two is coming to a close with this episode uh it's a little sad but hey you know um i think one thing that we've learned in podcasting and uh nick and i have talked about it on various platforms that we've uh, guest appeared on is podcasting is more than just buying a microphone pressing record and talking if you are if you want your podcast to be the best podcast it can be you're working on it every single day of the week it's it can be exhausting it can be tiring people's visions differ you disagree i talked about in the anniversary episode how nick and kieran will have the majority and i'll be like yo bro but i I think we should do it this way and like you know you disagree you have moments but um you know for us to make it through another season um it's it's incredible you know we celebrated our one year anniversary this season we had a gold certified engineer in jeff jackson we had a grammy accredited songwriter in norrell we introduced busy black businesses month highlighting all black businesses not just within music as well but fashion poetry various different things stay busy women's history month part two and consistent visuals and social media content thanks to our guy kieran um so shout out to him for handling our social media for keeping us yeah. on task even if it's been difficult for us to do so we had to have yeah. some hard conversations about timeliness and <laughs> things like that but you know at the end of the day it's amazing to have a shared yeah. vision with people who want to make this the best that it can be and uh that's that's the work that goes into it also we hit over 10k plays i think we're around like 15k at this point um wow. so we're, we're we're on the way to 50k and and 100k but um you know i'm very very thankful for season two things that we were able to expand upon take things in a new direction all the feedback that we've been given all the conversations that we've been able to create and have on the side thank you to everyone who listens thank you to steven smith who gives us the, the weekly recap on social media um, thank you to those who listen and might not publicize it as well. We appreciate every single play we get, every click we get, every 
Instagram story share, every retweet, um, the YouTube community. We're, we're, we're really focusing on y'all and hoping to, to um, expand y'all as well. Um, and, you know, as Nick has said several times, Stay Busy is more than just a podcast. We are a brand. So we're looking to introduce some new content to you all. Season three, three is my favorite number. So we're going to be going really hard with season three. Um, we're looking to be back in the summer. Stay busy. Um, summer sessions is something I'm, I'm trying to coin. So we'll, we'll be fleshing that out for y'all and uh, we're bringing some new stuff. But um, yeah, I, I had a lot of fun this season. I, I, I think that we've grown. I think that we've improved and um, it was just going to make for a better season three. I know I've rambled. So if you got anything you want to say. No, no, you're great, man. I, I think that that completely encapsulates everything I would have said. And of course, you guys, you know, it's all love. It's always it's always an honor to do this. I, I, I sometimes like, it's so interesting to think of myself, wow, I'm like a podcaster guy. Like I, I produce a show I, weekly. And I think people really don't understand what it takes to do a weekly show. Yeah. Um, and, and in addition to running the other things that we do in our lives. So I'm really thankful for you, Armand. Really thankful for Kieran as well. And it's just been, it's been, man, a, a great, great, great moment, great time. And so I'm looking forward to how we can grow and continue to raise the bar and stay busy. So, you know, that's all I got. Yeah. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for another incredible season. Uh, we will be back very, very soon. Uh, but if you miss us, hey, make sure you go back to some old episodes, tell a friend to tell a friend to check out the Busy Boys. We got content for y'all for quite literally days. Um, but with that, we want y'all to stay safe stay humble, not only protect women, but listen to women and stay busy. Baby girl, baby girl, how you feeling? I've been out in the world, staying busy, taking time, getting right if you miss me. Man, I've been out in the world staying busy.